Welcome to church, y'all. Yeah? <laughs> Worship team, thank you for leading us into his presence. Can we give them a hand? Uh, we are in a series called Finding Freedom, and I just want to encourage you, if, if you were being prayed for, you're sensing, I, I mean, we will have time at the end to respond again, uh, but you are welcome, even as I share, if God's tugging, we have a room, uh, we have staff available outside of this room, uh, there are people that love you and care about you, and uh, we are more interested in you hearing the voice of God than my voice, can I say it that way? So, so respond to that, and uh, if that does occur through the word and what I'm sharing, praise God for that, right? Uh, so in this series, today we're looking at who will you become? And maybe you're like me as a kid, you can remember that moment where people started asking you what you want to be someday, and it was always linked to a job, wasn't it? It was always linked to what you would do, a vocation, and, and as you got older and you learned things, sometimes that changed, but you look back and you realize like nobody really asked the question in the way that that dealt with like our identity our character like who are you actually going to become not just what you do in life because we all know jobs change they come and go vocations you know look different in different seasons of life some of us I, I mean you've gone through that that transition into retirement and and you begin to question who am I and what am I supposed to do if this has been my identity for so long? That's why it's so important that we understand that when we ask the question, who will you become, it's far deeper. It's, it's getting into the core of what God has created us for, his identity for our life and what that looks like. We in this series have been walking uh, through Isaiah 58 and, uh, you know, it's a section of scripture that that deals with this idea of prayer and fasting and uh, last week uh, we had a guest and we talked about consecrate a fast and did God not move in a miraculous way last week it was amazing my uh, uh, you know brother from another mother <laughs> pastor Graham was here and uh, to watch what the Lord did was so powerful and that that fast continues for another seven days so if you haven't jumped in yet, uh, as we get into Isaiah 58, understand that there's still seven days and God can do something amazing in seven minutes, seven seconds, let alone what he could do in the next seven days. So we want to invite you to be a part of that. In Isaiah 58, we're going to pick up in verse uh, 6 through 9 to begin here. Uh, the prophet has been talking about a fast and praying and, and, and what it does in our life and is meant to be when it's not done for false motives, but true motives for real motives. Verse 6, is this not the fast that I cho choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Then, say then, then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedingly. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call. And the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, 
Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking wickedness. It's interesting to recognize that this is talking about the fact that prayer and fasting and calling on God loosens the chains of a prisoner and sets us free. That, that in doing that, we're calling on God in a sincere and open way, asking him into the middle of our situations. It's actually a, a author I was reading recently that, that quoted Charles Dutton, and I had to look up Charles Dutton. I had to, uh, to and, and it was interesting, because it listed him as somebody who had been on Broadway and in TV and all of that. Uh, I grew up with watching a show, I think it was on TGI Fridays. I just dated myself. Some of you are like, the restaurant? No, it was a, it was a show. And, and Charles Dutton actually, uh, I believe his show, The Rock, was on there. He was a, this character. So anyway, that's who he is. What I didn't know about him is he had been in prison for manslaughter and assault and robbery and some other things and spent a number of years in jail. So who he was in that 18 to young adult space was different than who we know him to be today. And I don't know his walk with the Lord, but what I do know, this quote of his is profound. That when he was asked, how did you become who you've become? How did you not get caught and stuck in that prison, in that cell? How did you not get held back like everybody else around you? And his words were, unlike the other prisons, I never decorated my cell. Some of us have decorated our current season. Some of us have got so comfortable with where we're at in life that we don't want to, like, we, we know we want something different. We know we want to grow. We know we want to become and be set free, but we've decorated our current cell and season. We've got a little too comfortable, a little too unwilling to allow God to begin to guide and direct and orchestrate change. So when you think about what we just heard in the scriptures, this is what it's inviting us into is God's plan for our life. If you're taking notes, Jesus' plan for your life is to release you to become his. His plan for your life and what he wants you to become is to release you of all of those things that would try to hold you back so that you can really become his. Oftentimes, we experience the opposite of that in religion. We often experience things being heaped on us and burdens and things that we're to do when actually a relationship with Jesus is meant to release us into real freedom, to become all that he has for us. In Galatians 2, verse 20, the Apostle Paul said this, this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You see, part of being released from things of our past, part of being released to become who God has created us to be, is embracing the cross and what Jesus calls us to. 
He invites us to come and die to ourselves, to deny ourselves, to receive what he has for us. You know, as believers in Jesus Christ, we invite Jesus into our life, which fills us with the Holy Spirit, which is why this says that the life I no longer live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, that it's him living in and through us. But man, we got a flesh, don't we? And that flesh is what rises up and wars against the Spirit of God in us and the leading of God and what he has for our lives. So I'm here to declare to you today that we are under new ownership. That as believers in Jesus Christ, we are under new ownership. You and I are not designed, we are not capable of fulfilling everything God put us on this earth to do and to be if we try to stay in control. You ever been to a a restaurant where it was under new ownership or a store that was under new ownership? And, and, And sometimes it takes a while to give them a chance again if you had a bad experience with the first owner. Anybody? You see, there's a reality that that we don't talk about some of the things that we're looking at today enough in the church. So, So we end up with believers, Christians, and churches that are under the same old ownership, hurting the same group of people that maybe come to us a little jaded, a little beat up, and wondering if anything's ever gonna be different. But see, when we actually understand that Jesus steps in and says, I now am the owner of you, of your family, your home, of your neighborhood, when you follow me, if you'll deny yourself and let me live in and through you, that changes everything. And church, that's what God is inviting us to today and in this season. If you're like, I do not know what's happening at Pathway Church this month, that's okay. Because there's a new owner taking new ownership of us to lead us to become who he's called and created us to be. Come on, church. We are under new ownership, and he's taking over more of our flesh. This is so important because, you know, a little bit later in chapter 5 of the same book in Galatians, We learn that we are then becoming more like him. When he takes ownership, that we are then becoming more like him. And the way Paul lays this out for us is so important. In Galatians 5, picking up in verse 16, he says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Some of you right now are like, that explains it. That explains why I got into a fight with my spouse on the way to church. That explains why last night I struggled with the choices with entertainment or relationships or the thing. Like, we have a flesh that wars against the Spirit. But when we get in step with the Spirit, it begins to change our flesh. It's what prayer and fasting does. 
Verse 18, but if you were led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, here's the deal, right? You could look at the list and you go, oh, man, there are some really bad people out there. Come on. Nobody had that thought. <laughs> nobody looked at that list and said, well, I'm not doing, I'm only doing one out of 10, so I'm doing pretty good, right? I mean, this is what happens. This is what our flesh does is it tries to justify. It tries to deny, tries to defend and in reality, what, what this is showing us is that we all have things that our flesh are dealing with, and that there's a freedom he invites us into that's completely different than what we see around us in the world, that we want to become more like him. Now, as it says that, look at what verse 22 through 25 says, because it begins to talk about what we become when we're in the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, nine fruit of the Spirit there that you and I are incapable of our, on our own. Like, you know you lost it this week at some point. Right? It just happens. Our flesh rises up. But in the spirit, these are who we're becoming. They're meant to be flowing out of us and bearing fruit. Verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, or Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the spirit, let, let us also keep in step with the spirit. You may have noticed uh, this shirt I'm wearing is unusual. Uh, our staff got it for me for a work anniversary here. And uh, on one side, you know, let's just use this as an analogy for a minute. You've got stripes. And we'll say it could represent the past and the prison. Can you picture the bars? It's a stretch. Stay with me. And then on the other side, it's some flowers and it's fruit coming out of a vine. Huh? You get it? Okay. This, in so many ways, is what you and I are being called further and further out of and into. To become people that are bearing this fruit that can only happen with the Spirit. My parents uh, came into town this last weekend and I was up at the airport picking them up. And, uh, you know, in airports, you, you have those walkways, right? And, uh, you know, I can remember the first time I saw one, I'm like, oh, it's like a, a Super Mario Brothers, like, power-up move, like, <laughs> dated myself again. But, you know, you step on the runway, and suddenly you're faster than everybody else around you, right? What's the spirit supposed to be in our lives? It's supposed to be something that invites us into this 
enhanced life that is so much better than what we're capable of on our own. It's meant to move us in step with him in ways that are empowered, that make a difference in the, what you just heard here with love and joy and peace and all of these things. And it's there and available. Well, let's keep digging into this, okay? Let's go back to Isaiah 58. And let's look at the next few verses about what we're becoming when we're praying and fasting and getting in step with him. Verse 8. Or verse uh, 10. If you pour out yourself for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. You shall be like a well-watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. I'm going to just pause there. I mean, it's saying, listen, when you get free to become who God's called you to be, you're going to experience, you'll begin to experience his light breaking forth, his restoration and renewal showing up in situations that feel scorched and desolate and difficult and hard. Suddenly you begin to find God in the middle of it. And as he shows up, you begin to have resources and strength and guidance that you didn't have on your own. So some of what it means to become is to, to realize what we can't do on our own and who he is and how he wants to show up. And as he does that, look at, look at verse 12. It says, and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in. That actually what begins to happen is you become who you're meant to be God begins to work through you to make a difference in the world around you. If you're taking notes, when you fully become his, then his favor is fully released in your life. His favor, his hand, his blessing, his fruitfulness breaks forth when we are fully his and surrendered and able to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know about you, but that's, that's what I want. More than anything for my life, my home, my church home, is to be a people that are fully his so he can fully release his favor. So then maybe you caught in verse 12, if you've been around here for a while, it talked about restoring and repairing. This idea of light breaking forth as we reach out. What is our vision as a church? To be the church, restoring, raising up and reaching out. How's it going to happen in your strength and in mine? Absolutely not. It's going to happen as we're fully his. And as he releases his favor on us, we will see him begin to do these things and heal and bring restoration to marriages, to homes, to neighborhoods, to workplaces, and even here within our church family. If you're taking notes, what we see here is there's a freedom from that is ultimately a freedom for. 
You see, as we go through this, there are things that God is going to highlight and show you. It's time to let go of that. It's time to, to release that from your life to be fully mine. And when we let go of those things, it's a freedom from it for what he has next. Which, because he's a good, good father, we can trust is going to be good for us. That it'll be his abundant life that he's inviting us into. As we get free and have more time available, as we have more uh, of our resources available, as we have just more of us available, he begins to move in new ways. So it's a freedom from and for. But here's the thing. It's said in scorched places. It's said that in the desolate place. And, and there's this reality that we need to acknowledge that all of this sounds great, but, but sometimes we're in those periods and places of struggle. Anybody? And, and God uses those seasons as well. God shapes us through seasons of struggle. And I want to help us to understand this because part of becoming who we are created to be is allowing every season to have the place that it's meant to have and God to have his proper place in that season. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Genesis 45, and I'll get there in a minute. I want to set it up for you because in Genesis, you have this man named Joseph. He's the youngest of 12 brothers. He's the favored son. He has a dream that God gives him about his future and where, in fact, he'll be led. He, he actually sees people bowing down to him, coming to him for help and assistance. And as the younger brother, he prematurely shares, I believe, and does it with the brothers who already are jealous of him. Know your audience. So these brothers get upset and uh, decide that we're done with this dreamer, we're done with this young man, Let's take care of business. Let's take his life and tell our dad, Jacob, that in fact, he was killed by wild animals. Now, as this unfolds, you're like, wow, like that sounds like a best-selling book or movie. <laughs> the Bible's real, y'all. That's why when we talk about fighting freedom in real life, like God shows up in real life situations. So they end up throwing him, actually, rather than taking his life, they throw him into a pit. And then they decide in that pit, rather than leaving him for dead, they're going to actually rescue him out of the pit only to sell him in to Egyptian slavery. He still has a dream of what God will do with him someday. Now in slavery, he believes that God is with him, that actually God is still there, and the favor of God rests on him. What we know is it sure seems that he's fully God's. And as a result, favor is always being fully released on his life. To the point where Potiphar, actually the, the home that he's in, elevates him. And then suddenly his wife takes notice. She tries to seduce Joseph. Like I said, y'all, it's like a soap opera. And Joseph actually turns and runs and doesn't fall into the temptation. And then she gets upset and accuses him of rape. Some of you are like, I need to read my Bible. 
from that moment, you would go, okay, surely it's going to get better for Joseph. And yet it doesn't. Because the accusations are believed, and he's thrown into prison. He's left in prison for years. God's favor is still on him. God uses him to help others interpret dreams. They come true. He's still forgotten, yet God sees him in his struggle. God continues to be with him. God continues to teach him and grow him and shape him and mold him through humility and dependence on him. And God's favor is on him to the point that he's eventually promoted in Pharaoh's palace to be really the right hand in charge of everything. And it's at that moment that God begins to fulfill the dream that he originally saw where people would begin to come to him and he was, a ble- he was blessed to be a blessing. It's in that space that suddenly the brothers show up. <laughs> You're like, oh, he got his, right? Like he, he got revenge. He took him out. No, that's what we might do in our flesh. But because Joseph was fully God's and was led by the Spirit, he actually invited his family into restoration and reconciliation. He speaks to his brothers in a way that many of us in the flesh could not do and probably need to wrestle with even today. Let me read it to you in Genesis 45. And again, this is how God shapes us through the struggle, how he moves and molds us even through the hard times and seasons in life. Verse 1, then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. Now his brothers are in front of him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, am I, I am Joseph, is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be dismayed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. Sometimes God allows things that are preparation for what he wants to do through us and what he wants us to become. Verse 6. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are not yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep you alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. What a declaration, isn't it? He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. God will use every season in the struggles that we experience. And I want to show you, uh, if we can go to the whiteboard, I want to show you something that hopefully will help us with this framework, even apply it a little bit more in our own lives. If you take a look at the screens, we've been talking about in real life. And in real life, there are moments where we feel like, okay, there's something new happening. It's a new dream. It's a new horizon. It's a, 
as we sang earlier, this moment of the new, of a friend and mentor who called these the A, the B, and the C zone. And so it's in this space of the A that we zone that we sense this new horizon, this dream, this fresh start. Joseph sensed that, he had that, he held that, and he believed that that's what God would do. And, and, and most of us, and I'm sure Joseph felt this way, wanted it to happen right now. Today, Lord. And God's like, mm, you're not ready. I know what you need to become. I know what it's going to take to get you there. So we're going to allow this B zone. This is the place where real life happens. Problems. Struggles. You can read my handwriting today, yeah? In his case, it was a pit. It was a prison. And it was this reality of things just kept seeming to get worse. Like the further he went down, the worse it got. You ever felt that way? And see, we would love to avoid this space, but there's something about that space that God uses to shape and mold us to become who he wants us to be. He did it for Joseph. I believe he wants to do it for each of us. I wish it was different. I wish that, that we didn't have to go through those things, but you know what I, I love about it and what I've learned over the years? That's where God does some of his best work. That is the, the space where his presence shows up in the, in the struggle. He says, here I am in your midst. I'm with you. I'll sustain you. I'll lead you forward. I want you to become what I have. And, and here's what I've learned, though, through a number of years of watching this in ministry and in life. As many of us get started, and we just end up doing this. We end up living a life that cycles between Oh, it got hard, I quit. Oh, it got hard, I need a, a new situation, a new relationship, a new place. And we just get stuck cycling between those two zones. But God. You see, there's God saying today to you and I, listen, there's, there's more I can do. There's more I want you to become. Will you find me and let me show up in it and... What does that look like? It looks like, in this space here, beginning to allow, can you picture this with me? I'm not an artist. But can you, somebody said, no, you're not. <laughs> can you picture arms raised? Can you picture Joseph saying, God, where are you? God, I surrender to you. God, I don't know what to do. God, you're, I'm going to magnify you. You're bigger than my problems. You're bigger than my struggles. You're bigger than this season. God, I don't know where you are, but I know you'll show up if I call on you. Can you picture this with me? If I was an artist, I'd draw little hands on those right now. And you'd be like, oh man, that's so amazing. <clears throat> but I'm not, so I'm hoping you're catching what I'm trying to share. Because here's the thing, when we begin to allow this to occur, we are going to get over here to this area that, whether we call it the promised land, the dream, this is the place where we're blessed to be a blessing. And it's going to happen as we find God in the middle of those struggles and spaces. We can go to the next slide, team. 
So Joseph did that, and he was a blessing. And I want to bring us to that place today of saying again, who will you become? Who will you become? Because it's in that space that we have choices that often are in front of us. When life gets hard, when it's a struggle, when our flesh is rising up, we can try to do it on our own. In fact, one of the scariest things that can happen is when we try to do it in our own strength, in our own independence. You see, independence is an interesting word, isn't it? It's a word that we celebrate with freedom. And in a series called Finding Freedom, we want to find that independence from the things that have been holding us back. But if that leads us to be independent of God, we are in trouble. If you're taking notes, who will you become? Is it this idea of independence and it's about you and and getting through it? Or is it actually an independence of God? See what I did there? God wants to separate us out, away from our flesh, away from ourself, to be in dependence of him. And I'm here to encourage you today that this is available to us, that this is a here and now kind of thing, that actually our relationship with the Lord and how he leads is something that even in the early church, they began to experience this independence of God. And he began to lead them into the future that he had created for them. Uh, This is where I'll close today in Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 14 through 21. I just want to read this to you. It's Paul saying that, that I'm going to be in dependence of God. That you and I are a people created and fashioned to be dependent on God. And that when we do that, he's going to lead miracles. He's going to lead dreams. He's going to lead his future for our lives and the life of our families, our neighborhoods, our community, and our church. Y'all, I'm way more fired up than you. Verse 14, for this reason, he says, I bow, say bow. I bow. He's saying, I bow my knees. I'm dependent before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. He knows what you're to become because he's named you. He saw you. He formed you in the womb. says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Not filled with ourself, not filled with our flesh, but filled with the fullness of God. And listen to verse 20 and 21. Y'all buckle up. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. There is something, amen? 
There is something that God wants to do in and through your life and the life of this church, something he wants you to become. And it's going to be found as we surrender to him. So if you're taking notes first, surrender the struggle. Surrender the struggle today. Find him in it. Lift your hands to him. Magnify him. Praise him. Let go and surrender the struggle. Secondly, become fully his and you will become all he has created you for. When we're fully his, he releases his favor on our lives. And lastly, begin with prayer and talking with Jesus. Begin with prayer. And it was funny, our staff this week saw this slide, this note, and they said, isn't that the same thing? I was like, it is. And you understand that. But not all of us have been taught that or understand that. That actually, when you hear the word prayer, we're just talking about talking with Jesus, conversationally, inviting the Lord into our situations. So a few years back, I heard a, came across this story. It's a young man, he's about 19 years old, sitting in a setting kind of like this. It's a camp area, and there was a speaker speaking. And they were speaking, and there's 400 people in the room, and it was as if this young man only could hear that it was like directly from God through this speaker to them. There was almost nobody else in the room. It just felt like God was speaking directly to them. And the speaker talked about becoming who God wanted you to be. Denying yourself, taking up your cross and following Jesus. And that young man, at the end, was invited to, to surrender and to, to let go and to say, I'm fully yours. That young man did that in that moment, right in their chair. Nobody knew. The altar was packed and people left. But that young man couldn't stop being right where he was at because they recognized that the Holy Spirit had just changed them and they had tasted something that they had never experienced before, that they didn't even know was possible. That forever changed and marked their life and who they would become. A young man was me. A young man was me. I'd grown up in the church. I had heard message after message, but I had never surrendered to fully become his. And it was in that moment that God began to change me. He's still changing and molding me today. Y'all, my wife and I got in a little bit of an argument this morning. You're like, <laughs> it happens. I'm letting you know I'm human. She's human, but we're finding Jesus in it and becoming fully his. So how we're going to close today, I think there's a couple next step questions. You know, what, what do you need to let go of today to surrender, to become who you're supposed to be? And then will you pray with some others around you? Scripture says that where there are two or three are gathered, there he is. And so I'm going to just pray for us, and then we're going to have an opportunity to, for you right where you're at to do business with the Lord, for you to come to the altar, 
for you to actually get into a, a group with other believers and pray for a few minutes? If you're like, this service has been really unusual today, good. We're trying to let him lead, right? So we'll put up uh, this last slide, which is the prayer circles and just prayer at Pathway. Um, after I pray, you're released. You're released. You can go home. You can go get your kids. You, you, you could stay here, though, and spend some time with other believers, whether they're praying for you, whether you're just right where you're at, or whether you're in a group. But I know God is calling us in to a fresh and new season to become fully his. And so don't leave before you've responded to whatever he's showing you today. Because even in your seat or even at home watching right now, God can do something in you that will forever change who you become in the rest of your life. When we simply let go and surrender and say, God, I didn't see this coming. I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to follow you and trust you. Father, we love you and praise you. We thank you, Jesus, that we are invited into a relationship that shapes and sharpens, molds us in every season, teaches us dependency on you. Forgive us for our flesh. Fill us with your spirit. Allow us to be a people that are denying ourselves taking up our cross and bearing the fruit that you've called us to bear in this world. As we move into a time of response, Lord, this room is yours. We are yours. So, Father, you know what each person needs, whether it's prayer at the altar, whether it's prayer in their seat, or prayer in a circle with other believers. And I just pray that in this space, you would move mightily, that we wouldn't leave the same way we came in and would become more like you. We thank you in advance that we're becoming the church that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. So we'll put on some background music. This is your time. Let the Lord lead. Go now and be the church.